Welcome to the uh, Average Adventuring Party Podcast, where just because the alchemist makes it for you doesn't mean that it's actually good for you. Point. I mean, I'm not saying that having like a junior, technically untrained alchemist is, uh, is a, a bad idea, but one of, at least two of her abilities are called unstable something or other for a reason. I just I thought that referred to her mentality. Uh, if we're doing that, then everybody should have the unstable title. Yeah. Unstable Dantis coming up. Oh, we don't we don't want to start adding modifiers onto these <laughs> abilities. No. No, don't want to do it. It's been a while since we've introduced ourselves. We got Mike over there playing Iacus. I'm pointing like you guys can see what I'm pointing at. On my left, there's Mike playing Iacus. Uh, Ray playing Suna. On my right, there's Steve playing Galdrian and Ardith playing Knifey McKnife Pants. Uh, no, uh, Stephanie playing Ardith. No, we know. Ardith is the real personality. Stephanie is the disguise. Listen, on yes. the on the website, her her crew bio says like happiest when 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 playing someone who will shank you and sell your kidneys. It's not wrong. And I, I'm really at this point, after all these years, kind of wondering if. You know, all the niceties is just a facade, and she's really playing her true self in the games. Play Earth is cathartic. Cathartic Earth is a is a band. <laughs> they they travel with devious intent and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's see what happened last time. Uh, you guys saved uh, saved Silent. And went down to a turtle city on the, the lake called Gamas. You met some interesting people, ate some interesting food. And, and just for the record, I, I've started kind of looking into what it would take to recreate some of these recipes and finding vegan kelp-based um, <laughs> crab cakes is a hell of a lot harder online than than you really think it is because all of them just kind of look like fried shit. Mm. Tasty. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And that way, when you say this tastes like shit, well, it looks like it too. Um, Right, so you made your way down there. You got to see some of the underwater underwater cities. Mm-hmm. Galdrian got to be an obnoxiously pretty uh, seahorse abomination. <laughs> Thanks to Suna. You met Pacha, the, the turtle. Galdrian got to have a final conversation with Arathis about how to seal away Kimmet once and for all uh, without having to kill the inheritors. No, the ones that aren't dead already. The ones that aren't dead already? Sorry, Talia. Well, she's alive in spirit, if nothing else. Speaking of said spirit, she got put into the obsidian statue, along with Silen's powers, which had been stripped away from him. And uh, we kind of left off with the city being surrounded by an invading kobold army that somebody let loose. You guys were nowhere near the dig site. We were never in Overlook. 
we've never been near the caldera, but we're in the caldera. Uh, d- 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 um, but there's that one asshole Suna was talking to. So you two met Kiyoshi and Chiasa, <clears throat> two of the Sun Chaser Sovereignty soldiers who had rescued a bunch of refugees. I, I think where we left off with silence, silence, powers being sealed away. Suna debating on how she could murder somebody quietly in a, in a crowd of a few hundred people without anybody noticing. And uh, Death just sitting there cheerily with a smile on his face because he is not going to have to expend any actual effort to kill you so he can just take your souls. Oh. Death. <laughs> He's sitting there. Big, big smile on his skull. Sipping a cup of tea. Galdrian slowly approaches death and says, You know, we have a stubborn tendency not to die. If it's any consolation, I'm very patient. And your clock is only so long. Yes, well, uh, you may still be waiting for a good long while. I suggest that you find something to occupy your time with. Might I recommend uh, delivering a message... Actually, I have three messages for your employer, as it were. Oh, I'm not going back to him until the deed is done, so... Well, well I, it's going to take a while. I'm, I'm sure he can hear us. So I'm going to voice them to you anyway. Oh, by all means. Uh, but just keep in mind, you had uh, still best spend some time preparing. Right. No, no I understand. But... Uh, I want to get this over with, because if I'm going to spend an eternity uh, being tormented in damnation, I'm going to damned well earn it. Message the first. Tell that despicable, duplicitous, bug-eyed, and stub-nosed fiend that his so-called desire got quite a handful of yours truly and a mouthful of my bovine companion over there, and dare I say, seem to have enjoyed it more than any hellish approximations of lumpy, impotent flesh he could hope to muster. Message the second. Hold on, hold on. He reaches up his his robe and pulls out a scroll. <laughs> I, you know what, I'll just, I'll write the gist of it down. Message the second. He should consider himself quite fortunate that I have no plans on entering his realm, for as soon as I meet him, I will rip the horns from his head and shove them so far up his own duodenum that they protrude from his mouth like tusks, then reduce him and his entire domain to naught but waste and ridicule, left to be forgotten by history when some other equally forgettable villain is similarly humiliated by his betters. The other devils will not even regard him with scorn, because to do so would be to acknowledge an inferior and insignificant worm. Nay, a microbe whose passing and existence ultimately means so little that not even whatever goat fuckers pass for his pants will mourn him. Hold on, how do you spell duodenum? (laughs) It's D-U-O... No, 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 just let me write it. And finally, message the third... And Galdrian just takes the pen and says, Go... Fuck yourself. Sincerely and with the utmost contempt and no respect whatsoever, Galdrian. And he writes it with the biggest flourish that he can and basically shoves the paper and pen back to death and storms off. Death kind of looks at each of you. Is it just me or was that rehearsed? (laughs) (laughs) I was building up for a while in here. (laughs) 
He, he takes the scroll, looks at it. And at this point, we'll say, you know, Galjin probably like turned it sideways and just scrawled across the whole thing. I'm sure he'll get this at some point. Shoves it and the pin back up his sleeve. Yeah, that's not going to bite us in the ass later. Yeah, no, no. Hubris. <laughs> yeah. So you think I can have a cup of your tea and put something in it and then you can offer it to that guy right over there? He looks over. Which one? The good-looking one. That thinks he's good-looking. Ordering everybody around? Galdrian? <laughs> no. Oh. The guy that wants to kill me? Rarari? No. No. <laughs> Never mind. Will work. I suppose... You could poison somebody with my tea, yes? I mean, but I can't give it to him. He will know. Oh, well, he can't see me, so... I mean, a floating cup of tea, there you go. Who wouldn't drink that? <laughs> a lot of people. He, he narrows his, <laughs> his eye sockets at you. I'm... I'm... It's entertaining as this is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to sit here and... And do nothing? And if it makes a very loud, just... <laughs> puts the tea down. Pinky, Pinky was up during the sip. <laughs> Stares at Suna. Just big, big, empty eye sockets. Okay. You don't have to stare at me. There's other people to look at. Okay. <laughs> all this while all, all this is going on I guess has still been preparing defenses like he wasn't in any of these conversations because graduation Galdrin uh, <laughs> uh, is now seeing two defenses now now that he's gotten it out of his system the whole putting the souls in the stone and everything he was just off over here doing this like everyone kind of congregated <laughs> um, yeah I guess if, if you recall Silen had put up a few, basically, mud walls. He had erected them with magic mm-hmm. to effectively funnel the way that, that people could come into the town, into Gamas. And then he, he has been taken away by Pacha after his powers were removed. So Iacus has been blissfully unaware of all of this and has been throwing up boxes and probably at some point actually just you know, picked up one of these these wooden huts and actually just moved the whole thing to, to block a block a route in. Galdrian storms off, starts looking at defenses when he notices the grass to the north of the city, you know, maybe a mile or so away is starting to to shimmer quite a bit. There's a lot of movement going on and then suddenly all sorts of savanna creatures start bursting out. So antelope, um, all different kinds of uh, prairie cats. And I mean, there are just a ton of them and they all come racing towards the city. Uh, Galdrian's going to run and try to fetch Suna. Suna. Yes? We have a lot of wildlife coming towards us. Do you think you might be able to uh, get them to aid in the defense. 
I can try. Some of them may not. Well, at the very least, perhaps they might be willing to uh, lend us some sort of aid. Okay. If I cast my Speak to Animals, it's only one though, right? What does it say? Because I don't think it's... It was a class feature. Yeah, it says with a non-hostile animal. But is it an at-will? It's twice per day. Oh, twice per day. Um, I would not say that these were hostile, but they are panicked. Okay. Um, and those of you actually in the village, these things start springing over defenses and finding <clears throat> cracks to crawl through. And most of them are running into the water and then running down the beach. It's, as you were told by um, Kiyoshis and his scout that the kobolds are actually driving indigenous creatures in a ring towards the center to knock out defenses and people and just damage property before they even get there. Well, we couldn't use... At least uh, this helps us identify the holes in the defenses so we can try to patch them up early. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is probably towards the, the northern part of the town where uh, Kiyoshi and his men are guarding and they've armed up the refugees that they can some of them you know just with stabs or staves or clubs whatever they can get their hands on and he starts directing men to do that to, to fix back up from the south in the in the lake the, the water starts to bubble as just standing up out of the water are dozens and dozens of water genasi and like the refugees they're carrying just stuff with them very few of them actually have weapons and most of them are just carrying food or goods you know anything they could get get their hands on some of them have kids pacha if you turn around and see them she's down on the beach directing them for you guys go ahead and give me a good old-fashioned wisdom-based perception check. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm going to add my mercenary background to this one since I'm... Oh, that's a nat 20. <laughs> uh, I going to say, you probably want the person with the highest wisdom making the check. Oh. Probably not. Oh, no, no. no that was no. a crappy roll. Uh, she, she asked if she needed to make the check as well. Uh, right. Okay. Oh, okay. But I got a crappy roll, so... So go ahead and add it up. I did. What is it? 11. 11? All right. 25. 25? <laughs> Applying my spike jack background. Uh, for perception? Or uh, nomad? Yeah, probably nomad. Same, Same bonus nomad. either way. Eight. Oh. 14. I'm adding background to that. Okay. Oddly enough, the guy sitting out there building the yeah. defenses, <laughs> <laughs> paying attention to the enemies. So, Iacus. Um, Just roll crap. Not so much paying attention to the, to the things, but probably identified some some weak areas that the uh, the refugees and the soldiers aren't able to shore up. Mm-hmm. So he's working on that. Um, Suna is still just sitting there staring at the back of Kiyoshi's head, <laughs> trying to figure out how she can murder him. Or whether I'm just to fall over dead. Yeah. If uh, I think hard enough, it may happen. <laughs> you, are, you keep thinking that. Ardith, you and Shinara have been working on alchemical aids, basically tiny, tiny healing potions. 
not enough to actually heal somebody who's taken a you know any kind of damage but enough to keep them on their feet mm -hmm. with minor stuff so you and her have been passing those out Galdrian most appropriately you are uh, are working you're thinking about that statue when you at some point look down and you see notes like starting to burn themselves into your jacket and starting to cycle around like when you use it as you do so just very faintly off in the, the distance in the grass you start hearing this very childlike feminine humming uh, you you've heard that melody before and it seems to be reacting with your your jacket in some way and again the tall grass is maybe a mile off and as she does uh, as you do uh, notice that you look up and you see sort of flying above the grass is this figure she's got black skin and her hair is on fire and she is carried aloft on two wings made out of fire she's kind of alternating between singing and laughing and just out of the tall grass bursts this horde of uh, mantid people. So, you know, in, insect, humanoid insects, big bug eyes, antennas. They've got, we'll say, I think they have six arms. A lot of them just start running towards the gate. They are clearly panicked. And behind them, you can see breaking through the grass a bunch of these uh, wiry, thin kobolds who just seem to be chasing them and as they break the grass they start lighting things on fire and so I'm going to need you guys to make me some initiative checks I'm not using this guy is that one mine? yes that's yours you're the only one with one oh there we go oh I don't need to roll initiative for this hey sorry stop knocking over my dice it's actually a good roll. You almost turned it into a crappy one. Okay. Uh, Iacus, go ahead. 25. Yeah, that's about what I figured. Suna? 24. Uh huh. Galdrian? 23. Wait a minute. You say 22, I'm calling Jinx. 26. Uh huh. Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh no. Until the other end. So what do we get for a small straight? Uh, is that <laughs> close to Yahtzee? Fifty points? Like what? we're not we're not playing dice throne. Damn. If uh, if you guys had spent some points in activating or uh, upgrading your your individual card abilities, maybe. <laughs> does Galdrian let out any kind of alarm? Yes, he does. He he lets out a shout. Uh, he uh, will cry out, Cobalt's! Uh, he is in the north part of the city. Cobalt's mm -hmm. uh, to the north! So as you guys hear Galdrian call out Cobalt's to the north, you, for various reasons, are not paying attention. You can look up, see, see them, see things starting to catch on fire. And you also realize like it's getting towards dark. Oh boy. Uh, nobody has set out any sort of light sources. Unfortunately, the plane's on fire, so... Uh, I mean, that's <laughs> a little uh, bit of a light. So, yeah. your your understanding of things is it has to be a light bright enough to completely push back the shadows. Mm. Having said that, the you guys are going to have a skill challenge. I'm going to give you... Uh, as, as opposed to the previous skill challenges, I'm actually going to start this one by giving you a goal. 
to, to help sort of focus y'all's attentions. Uh, so the goal of the skill challenge is to protect the village from both the Dreaming Dark, which is oncoming, and this kobold slash monster people invasion. Okay. So think larger scale than personal. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you guys one reroll, one, one singular, not one apiece, which can involve either Kiyoshi uh, in his sort of military stance, uh, or military capacity, or Chiasa in her I've got a bird scout capacity. You get one for the whole skill challenge to share amongst the four of you, instead of one apiece. Ardith, you look up, there's all these monsters incoming. The sky is starting to darken on the edges of the city. You start seeing those those shadows forming that is basically the, the beginnings of the dreaming dark. And when you look up, there are monsters coming, kobolds coming, there's Martiana in the sky, and everything's starting to catch on fire. Well, this is fun. Average Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday this. Okay, uh, Artist's going to turn to Shinara and say, um, looks like the shit's hitting the fan. You stay safe, and gives her a hug and a kiss on the forehead. Because mm -hmm. you're my favorite sister, I don't want anything to happen to you. It's not saying a lot. <laughs> what? I don't want anything to happen to you. Stop saying what? No, that I'm your favorite sister. Well, we're gonna try to keep it that way. Remember? Uh, go, go do your thing. You... Keep Galdrian from messing up too bad. I'm gonna try. Do you? There's no way you have anything that's gonna help. Would help light some torches around here. Would? Maybe. Maybe. I can. I can get to work on it. Okay, and if not, just tell some people to start lighting them. Okay. And, uh, I guess ours will start trying to round up some to start... Start coordinating that Start effort. coordinating that. All right. Give me an intelligence check to determine the best placement for yeah. torches. Sure. Ooh. Ooh. And is there a background you would like to apply to that? That's an 18 on the die. Uh-huh. Plus 5, 23. Hmm... Uh, I could use upper class upbringing and say, I mean, try to do this with um, authority, yeah. <laughs> but being polite about it. Yeah. Using your mom energy. Yes. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm for it. So what's that, your total? That will uh, be a total of 25. 25. All right. So Ardith and Shannara start, uh, start coordinating refugees, especially the non-combatants who are really kind of just defenseless beyond the, the defensive perimeter and starts pointing out very authoritatively uh, and with a lot of confidence where yeah, torches, should, torches should go, who, who needs to be doing what, start lighting them on the, the walls, basically start setting up a, a perimeter that's about a third the size of the town itself. And if they try to give me shit, they're getting the mom voice. Like, excuse me. Get those fucking things and get them going. Now. The thing that she realizes is, like, this whole town is not defensible. Especially if, in addition to kobolds, you're having to deal with with just nature itself. You guys, likewise, realize once she starts setting up that perimeter behind you, you're going to have to fall back to it at some point. Because it, the light is just not going to reach you this far out. 
Iacus. So Iacus is going to, uh, as he's been working with the defense, uh, building the defenses, I'm going to say that he was working with the townspeople. So he's built up a little bit of rapport. They've, they've taken his guidance. Hey, build this here, build this over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually going to try and do a wisdom-based skill check uh, for strategizing where, seeing what she's doing, where the perimeter should be, and setting up the best manpower defense with these people who aren't. So I'm going to be calling, you go here, you go there, you go there. But I'm, just, I'm going to be trying to relay and communicate where our best defense, chance of defense is. Yeah, works for me. And um, I really don't have anything that will apply here for extra backgrounds. So I don't think Nomad applies. Maybe Slave. Um, I think I can probably uh, apply Slave because fighting in the Gladiator, we probably had to do impromptu defenses if you had multiple slaves fighting against stacked odds. Um, So, I mean, it's only one, but... Seems reasonable. Uh, that's 18, 19. Uh, do we add our level? Yes. All right, so 24. 24. So Iacus starts, uh, we'll say the first wave of these these uh, Mantis people, you know, hits the outer defenses, and they just scrabble over the top of it, and anyone who gets in their way is just immediately taken down. Mm-hmm. So you realize that, but you think back to what you were told previously, and you realize while there are some gaps there, you guys have completely left the lakeside undefended, and you know that you were you were told by Pacha that the kobolds are swimming up through the lake. So you start diverting people from, we'll say, you know, the eastern and western side defenses to the south to kind of protect that that backside. A lot of the Genasi, if you give them anything to fight with, they'll basically go stand in the water and wait because they can breathe underwater and and maneuver that way. I will add, while I'm doing this, I'm doing this with one, a torch. Like, I'm very tall, so I'm trying to be like a beacon in the battle. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I do have a torch out. And so with that, you are very noticeable. Mm -hmm. And Martiana... Sees Notices you. me. <laughs> yeah, sees you. Uh, lets out this this piercing note, and while all these mantis people are scrabbling over the walls and, and taking people down, trying to get away, uh, they're just tearing through stuff. She lets out this note and points at Iacus, and out of the sky drops maybe fifty or sixty of these flying kobolds that you've seen before, mm-hmm. and they just make a beeline straight for you, Suna. You are broken out of your reverie thoughts of mashing this guy's head with your staff when you see the defenses just by the initial wave are already starting to get overwhelmed. You see Martiana fully this time, and she is directing the combat from afar. There's an army of kobolds that are now just charging towards the city, and the the sun has just started creeping down over the the horizon. Okay, so I want to look around. Is there an area that seems to be closed off except for maybe one spot? Could you give me an example? 
my idea is <laughs> being in the forest I would assume there would have been storms or maybe even some type of beast that might have scared a lot of animals mm -hmm. um, to where I'm I could use my will-o'-wisps which is a group of floating lights that hypnotize creatures and cause them to follow me. Mm -hmm. So is there any way that I could lead all the natural animals into like a, not a pen, but like an area to where they're all in a specific area? No, so there's only a couple of the actual animals oh. remaining in the area. Most of them have basically been run through town and either went into the water and drowned or scattered like along the beach trying to get away. Okay. The the creatures, the mantis people who are currently in the process of doing the same thing, are a lot of the villagers are fighting them, even though they're clearly trying to get away and only defending themselves. So there's really there's that, and then in addition, there's no area that that I could lead them that to. you could lead them to, unless you wanted to lead them for a specific purpose. Like there's no way to contain them, but if you wanted to lead them to do something. You might be able to fight back. <laughs> They're running into the horde instead of away from the horde. <laughs> yeah, Way to slaughter an entire I'm, people. <laughs> I'm not going to sacrifice them. Um, Hit and run tactics. Would I be able to get a few of the kobolds to follow me? Or no? Depends on, too... It depends on how you're going to do it. One. But... Two, from to what you've been... each other? <laughs> well, for instance, if you were, say, a wizard and you had, like, a charm spell, that's one thing. But from your experience, just going, hey, would you please mind doing the things that I would like you to do is not going to not gonna do affect it. them that way. Oh, look, those guys just picked up Iacus off the ground and are carrying him away now. Okay, so... Since we're near, we're at the lake, right? Yes. So don't look at individual spells. Well. Think about what you would like to do. I was, my first reaction was to do some type of gust to push him back and drop Iacus. If you would really like to, to drop Iacus out of the sky, <laughs> we, we can talk how, to him. How high up am I? Uh, we'll say in, in the time it's taken sooner to figure out what she's going to do, they've picked Iacus up and have probably taken him up about 100 feet in the air. And Ooh. that's with, you know, 30 or 40 of these things at various points, like grabbing him, dropping him, snatching him back up, dropping him. He's fighting the whole way. So you will not have a cushy landing. Or just don't fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So, also, this isn't, like, a spell, so you can say you're trying to do this and... Yeah, try and catch, yeah, try, try and protect me. Uh, yeah, produce the oh, wind. Oh, yeah, there you go. Do I'll push them. Well, because they're flying, I don't really want to push them anywhere. Um, so. So then, wouldn't it be better to do more like the ice storm? A little ice ramp for him to, to fall yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather do ice. You, you tell me what your desired effect is, and we will. Can I be a hitman and do little ice cubes around their feet to bring them down into the water Ooh, like <laughs> and that. slide Iacus back down to us? Sounds like a good casting check. <laughs> casting? 
16? So wisdom. Wisdom. Okay. wisdom. Okay. Plus your level. Okay. And is there a background you would like to utilize? And if you say chef. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you do have to drop the ice cubes every now and again into the run. <laughs> no. I I mean, my forest, because I have to protect my forest. So I use ice, I'm sure, to get all the flying creatures. Sure. To, <laughs> to stop hurting my forest. So that is a 25. Okay. So. No pressure. <laughs> rolling great. I'm going to roll. I'm going to roll. I didn't roll that great, actually. It was my other numbers that helped. <laughs> going to roll a big turd on the die. We'll do something that requires It adds charisma. drama. Iacus is getting lifted up. He's probably, I don't know, let's say 200 feet high at this point. When Martiana just like drops out of the, the darkness and starts flying around you. Alright, so... Welcome back to Ed well, version. Yeah, yeah, welcome back. We had a little technical difficulty. Um, so we noticed uh, for some reason our equipment was dropping out portions of the recording during the first round of the skill challenge. So I'm just gonna go ahead and give you guys a quick recap of what happened, which is to say that Ardith managed to set up a safe zone of lights and people. She had a bunch of torches lit. Shinara made a bunch of uh, little potions to pass out to people. And she cordoned off a small safety zone. Iocus managed to get a bunch of the defenders off of the walls and reallocate them strategically before being picked up and carried into the sky by Mardiana and her kobolds. Uh, Suna managed to free Iacus by giving him an ice wall to slide around and uh, managed to weigh down enough of the kobolds that they started hitting the beaches and exploding. Uh, right, so Galdrian... He realized that Silent used some of his magic in the creation of the outer walls on the defense to uh, make them basically have pits underneath. And Galdrian got his people off, uh, got his people off the wall. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> he got them off, then he got them off the wall. They don't call it the heat of battle for nothing. Uh, got them off the wall and collapsed the, the walls and basically decimated the first part of the cobalt invasion. So uh, that's where we're gonna we're gonna pick up just for in case we don't get anything usable out of the previous recording. Um, so start of round two, you guys have four successes. You you guys succeeded. Ardith, you see Iacus sliding down this this wall of ice that's forming midair. Suna is directing that and also trying to dodge falling cobalt bombs. Uh, as soon as they hit the dirt from any, any height at speed, they just explode. Uh, Martiana is up in the sky. Her wings are made of fire, and for a minute there they were illuminating the whole area, but now the darkness is starting to creep back in. At the edge of your, your ring of, of torches, you can see in between... Uh, the safety of your light and where they are, Galdrian, Iacus, and Suna are outside, mm -hmm. and those dreaming dark shadows are starting to form. 
It is your turn. Okay, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to cast the Cantrip Light, mm -hmm. which will light up a consistent field uh, 30 feet in diameter. Okay. And let's see. Who needs backup the most? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're fine. <laughs> are, you, are Suna and Ayaka's closer? Yeah. Sooner we're set up defending the south side because uh, Kiyoshi was defending the north. Correct. Okay. So they're actually on the beach, which is probably closer to you. Galdrian is in the north. Kiyoshi, Chiasa, and all those refugees are to the north. And Mardiana's over them. Over Mardiana uh, is and Iacus. over Suna and Iacus, correct. Well, she's definitely a problem we need to deal with. Which now, as you, as you say that, she got real mad when her kobolds started going out. And she is now just holding out her hands and arcing fire just into the village. Yeah, she is definitely a problem we deal with. Okay, I'm going to head towards her to get close enough to start chucking knives at her face. Mm -hmm. What do I need to roll for that? Sounds like a, a good dexterity check to both dodge kobolds, insect people, Dreaming Dark, and the stuff she is doing. Okay, cool. I have eight in that. Ooh. Oh. Plus your plus your background. Yeah, because I've got a knife thrower. Um, Fifteen. Fifteen. It is technically a failure. Spend a reroll. You can either spend a reroll, or you can eat it. Do you guys want me to spend it, or? I'd say save it because okay. this is a relatively yeah. lower risk. Um, At worst, at least I'm gonna draw her fire. Yeah, like. We're, we may have some failures further down the line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Ardith, you start running out with your... Uh, what did you cast light on? Is it just on yourself? Yeah. Okay. So this bubble of light and these shadows start parting as you're running through them. This is why I took this cantrip. You get out onto the beach near Suna and as Martiana is about to fly into Iacus, you just start throwing knives Right when you line one up, though, you notice your bubble of safety is slowly decreasing as the shadows press in on it, and one of them actually catches you across the back and just throws your, your knife off so that it completely misses Martiana. She does, however, notice what you're doing, and it looks like she's about to just drop a massive fireball on your head. It is Iacus's turn. Iacus is still falling. Well, I'm sliding on the ice ramp, right? Right? Yeah, we'll say you're probably still like 100 or so feet up. You're falling Well, you style. said Mariana was flying to hit me and got distracted, right? A little bit, yeah. I want to launch myself off the ice ramp at Mariana. Okay. I want to, like, bodily try and tackle her. Okay. Yep, sounds like a, a pretty good strength check. No way this will end poorly. Mm -hmm. I mean, mine did. Not at all. Nope, not ending poorly at all. Thank God. Uh, oh, no. No, that's... Uh, <laughs> please, no, please, no, please, no, please, no, please, please note hashtag sarcasm. Let's mm. use that reroll. Uh, yeah, yeah, because right now I have a four on the dice. That, yeah. That's um, what I had. Yeah, let's use that reroll. Okay, so please tell me who of the, the two you would like to involve and I would, how they are assisting you. I would like to use the scout bird because mm -hmm. um, I, I assume she's out here scouting. Mm-hmm. And uh, she comes down and like swoops at Mariana and distracts her, and Mariana pulls over. Sorry. 
I didn't think we'd be reusing that reroll that quickly. Chiasa is one of one of the ones still basically beside Galdrian, firing her bow, uh, trying to keep kobolds off of him as they're just pouring in. They filled up this this sort of pit that Silent made, and are just swarming in, and they are lighting things on fire and just tearing stuff up. And she's covering Galdrian with her her longbow. Iokis plants both hooves on the wall, sees Mardiana about to fly into him, and launches himself off the wall at her. She kind of anticipated that, grabs you by the arm and the neck, and just starts taking you up higher. At which point you hear Chiasa's falcon just swoop in and hit her right in the face. And she lets you go, so you are you are free falling. So you can go ahead and give me that reroll to see how it turns out. Okay, so what I'm trying to do completely doesn't succeed, right? We'll see. Okay, I'm, I'm giving you the setup. All right, that's much closer. Is if I'm free falling, what am I rolling now? Uh, same thing. You're okay. just rerolling okay. the exact same. All right. So that is a. Did I use I used slave last time, right? Mm -hmm. So I can use my monk this time, which makes it a sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. So, still technically a failure. Okay. Damn. Yeah, the bird has kept Mardiana off of you, and you can see her way over there, uh, like trying to get this thing off of her face. Uh, Iacus will say lands in the water just not face first but you are pretty heavily uh, you are pretty heavy so he hits the water sinks and as he's coming up you feel these these hands kind of grab you and pull you and you look up and there's Pacha she sort of gives you a pat on the on the head hands you your hat back says oh that that looked painful young man uh why don't you hold on to this for next time? And she just puts that conch shell in your hands. Okay. Uh, and says, and, and I would step into the light. As she just grabs you and yanks, and one of these shadows just reaches out and snatches right where you were. Okay. Suna, it is your turn. You saw Galdrian fall out of the sky. Or, no, not Galdrian. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, Galdrian falls out of the sky. Now you see Iacus fall, fall out of the sky. Pacha helps him up and into the, the ring of light. And you realize like those shadows... Right now, Ardith's light is the only thing that's keeping those shadows from you. From the north, you have hundreds of kobolds coming in. And when you look to the south, since you're on the beach, there's a lake. And the lake starts bubbling. And you can see this glow just under the water. There are probably hundreds more under there. So... Can I tell that Mariana is the one that is controlling these kobolds? Uh, yeah, you see her up there, and they were kind of focused on various things as she was commanding them, but now that she is fighting something that is attacking her face directly, they stopped surrounding you and trying to go for you specifically and just started tearing stuff up. So if something is near them, they're going to try to light it on fire or rip it apart. Okay, but that's easier to focus on than all at once doing the same thing, I would assume. So I'm going to keep trying to keep Mardiana busy. 
hoping that would How are you going help. to do that? I was wondering my, my ice shards, uh-huh. but instead of just a few little ice shards, can I make one really big one to come down and hit Mariana or knock her off? Or I mean, it sounds like a decent plan. Okay. Mariana has a very special relationship <laughs> with ice. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sounds like a draw some more. sounds like a good wisdom. Wisdom. I don't have a background for it because I can't come up with a chef <laughs> way of doing it. <laughs> well, you see when you. <laughs> I used to ice fish, and I used to use ice shards. To... That's <laughs> when, when you cook in a fire, Janasi. <laughs> I'm going to reiterate: chef is not hunter. <laughs> No, but you gotta learn how to kill stuff. No, you don't. Wait, no, that's butchering stuff. Oh, well. That's not even a butcher. A butcher doesn't necessarily know how to hunt things. Well, I meant, like, the cooking in. Well, that sucks. Sixteen. Sixteen. Oh. Uh, Sixteen. You can't roll with crap. You want to reuse uh, Otano? Or not Otano, uh, Kiyoshi. We just had the Kiyoshi. one. We just had the one. one. Just had the one? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. We're yeah. already at three failures. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're going to say that... Uh, so just can't roll well. What happens is... Mardiana is fighting this bird that's attacking her face. Suna goes to cast a gigantic uh, shard of ice at her. And then realizes that she's farther away from Ardith than she should be. And she is now completely surrounded by these dreaming dark shadows. You also realize that Ardith's bubble of light is now maybe five feet around her and things are starting to be able to reach in and get her. So it is Galdrian. Galdrian sees that Mardiana is the ringleader of all this and uh, he's he's going to try to draw her attention by uh, climbing up as high as he can grabbing his lute singing that childish song of hers but then adding some lyrics to it about how the poor girl who lost her family in a tragic accident now works for the bastard who murdered them. Seems like a reason- and is doing his bidding. Seems like a reasonable uh, charisma check. There we go. So that's 14 on the die, plus 8 charisma, plus wandering minstrel, so that's 19 plus 8, so that's a 27. Okay. Thank God. Galdrian gets on top of, we'll say, one of the, the buildings that's still standing. He is likewise surrounded by these shadows that are starting to form as the sun has completely left the, the sky. He, he looks down and Death is sitting there and just gives him a tip with the, with the cup and <laughs> makes a, a, an obnoxious slurping sound. Galdrian jumps up there and starts playing these notes and lyrics about Mardiana as a, a young girl now working for the, the devil who killed her parents. And I want to mention how he's not going to bring them back. She stops what she's doing, basically takes the falcon that was fighting her and just incinerates it, looks at Galdrian and, and gives this horrendous scream and starts charging towards him. So now... We are up to Ardith. <laughs> Ardith is surrounded by a bubble of light that is slowly, slowly leaving her. Uh, there are kobolds everywhere, some of which are starting to 
hit the perimeter of your lights and just kick over torches. Mm -hmm. Both Suna, Galdrian, and Iacus are out in the dark. Recasting the cantrip won't help. Okay, I'm just making sure. Nope. Okay. No, what? Let's 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 try out this damn ring that you gave me. Uh oh. Because <laughs> supposedly the things that go wrong are going to be in our favor. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because th enough things have gone wrong uh, that we've done so far. Mm -hmm. We could use a little help here. So tell me what you want to do. Okay. And I will tell you what happens. Do, do I still need to roll the? No. The, this will just be. Okay. Uh, a part of your. Uh, a part of your action. You want me to tell you exactly what I want to go wrong for them? Or what you would like to accomplish. Taking down Mariana. <laughs> Ideally. All right. I mean, Frog, all I got is checking knives at her. All right, so I'll tell you what. Go ahead and roll me, let's say, a wisdom check. Just to see if we can you can pinpoint when something's gone wrong and how to take advantage of it. Shit. Uh Oh, I'm sorry. Do it with advantage. Oh, so Go okay. ahead and roll a second d20. For the ring. Yes! Okay, it's a 14 on the die. That will make it a 19. A 19? Mardiana is swooping down to basically tear Galdrian off of the top of this building. A bunch of kobolds, one of them hits something and... Or rather, he trips one of his companions flips over him and hits something and explodes at the base of the building that Galdrian's on. Um, Martiana has completely and entirely mistimed her swoop as the building collapses and hits the sand and rolls into the water. Her wings seem to be out for the moment. Galdrian is uh, tumped unceremoniously onto the beach and is sitting on his butt at Ardith's feet. There is now just a, a gaping hole in the ranks of kobolds where that one explosion uh, set off a chain reaction. The whole time this is happening, Ardith is hearing little critter squeaks all over the place. And when she looks down, the raccoon head on her ring is missing. It's now Iacus's turn. Okay, so what is this conch cell? Like, so, what do I recall about this? She was carving on it. Yeah, she was carving on it. So when, when she had it, it's probably maybe two foot wide, you know, like the, the classic giant conch shell. Mm -hmm. And she had just cut the, the one side off so that Galdrian could blow on it and test the notes. But if you look at it now, she's apparently been whittling on it, and it has all these arcane symbols on it. Mm -hmm. But you weren't told anything other than that. She basically gave it to you so that she could have both hands to pick you up. Because mm -hmm. even though she's a total and pretty strong you're a big guy yeah, yeah. I'll lay it up well I'm going to try and sound a like a what is it a rally uh, trying to be a rally point um, I, my torches are out because mm -hmm. I fell in the water mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to head towards them while blowing on this conch trying to regroup and regather all the yeah, she basically got you into the ring of, of light. Oh, okay. I'm uh, sorry. On, on the south side of town. So go ahead and give me, eh, we'll say a wisdom check on this. Okay. That, that seems pretty pretty good. 
No, that was nearly good. Nope. Uh, that's going to be a 10. 10 total? 10 total. Okay. So. Unless you want to add any backgrounds to it. Yep. Do you have a. Uh, even if I did, at most it'd be a 13. I don't have any more than three in a background. So. My dice are screwing us. Um, what happens is Iacus goes to blow this, this conch shell, and at first nothing happens. So he tries again, nothing happens. He's kind of worked up, puts it to his mouth, and lets out his usual roaring battle cry. And when he does, lightning just arcs out of the conch shell up into the sky. In that, that brief moment... Everything goes really quiet. The, the wind starts blowing. From just across the, the battlefield, you hear Death go, Oh, come on. That's not fair. Who does that? Uh, at which point, the sky just starts swirling and swirling and swirling. Pacha looks at you and says, well, I couldn't have done it better myself, dear. I'm not good at this. The the ones of you that are still outside see this this storm just starting to create a gigantic tornado, and at several points it just picks kobolds up and flings them left and right. See where this is going. There's going to be another cow reference coming out here soon. <laughs> you didn't even know they they raised cattle here, and you see one go. No, another cow. Uh, no, this this thing touches down and just starts throwing sand everywhere. That sucks. For those of you who are close <laughs> enough, you hear brave barking. You're able to get in uh, to the light before anything touches you. There in the, essentially in the middle of this this ring. We'll say there's there's the ring of light with you and the surviving refugees. Uh, Kiyoshi and Chiasa are there. Darn. Uh, <laughs> they helped us. There is a minus a bird now. A tornado that has just touched down in the middle of this town and is moving around. When you look over into the lake, there's another one that's just picking up water and is heading directly towards you. Pacha says. He was working on something. You might see what he's up to. And she just points. And there's probably a three-foot hole that looks like it has been clawed out of the ground by by a dog. At which point you hear uh, from from the water, Martiana say, I don't think so. You've been way too naughty to get off that easy. Rarari has been sending you invites, and you've just been so rude in ignoring them. I'm not going to kill you but I am going to teach you a lesson. And she, like, lights her wings back up and just throws this jet of fire and starts incinerating refugees on her way to you. So that's where we're going to call this episode. <laughs> leave them... I was going to say, that's, a good, that's probably where we need to call it, yeah. Leave, leave, them on a, leave them on a Goosebumps cliffhanger every time. Right, so that's all I've got... These guys were, were keyed up for combat from the beginning, so I, I'm going to go ahead and deliver. They were expecting it. Might as well might as well prove them right. Don't really have anything to plug this week, except for the usual stuff. Uh, find us on Patreon, Twitter, 
Gmail. Uh, we upgraded our podcasting host, and so now we're on like 20 different platforms. So we're on Audible, Amazon, Echo, or not Echo, uh, Alexa, since apparently that has its own podcast network. Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Spot- Spotify, iHeartRadio. There's so many that I signed us up for. OnlyFans. Uh, you know, if I if I thought anybody would want to see me, I would do an OnlyFans to promote this. But other than that, I'll put all those links in the show notes. Again, sorry about the technical problems. We'll get that sorted out hopefully by next time. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you all guys then.